Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Ministries. Great to be with you today. We're going to have a wonderful broadcast. Pastor Jeff Fass will be joining me in just a little bit. I wanted to open up today with a prayer, and I want to ask the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us today and throughout the week ahead. And I want to ask the Lord to bless all of you who are tuned into the broadcast and have been following this ministry. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the work we have to do today. I thank you for the abundant life that you have given to each one of us. I thank you, Father, that you have brought us through many, many trials, and you're going to bring us through every single one to the very end, that there is no quit, there is no turning back, that there has been a good preparation of the soil, of the hearts of the people we have been sowing into, that you have been working in the lives of each one of us. And Father, we thank you for your strengthening. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace and your loving kindness towards us. And we bless you and we praise you and we thank you that over the airwaves today that could reach to the ends of the earth that you have a message for us to hear. And especially in this country, Father, it has been marked for judgment. It has been marked in many ways for disaster. And yet you're sending forth a final call to the hearts of men and women all around this nation to turn and repent and come to you and uh, leave behind the futile way of life. And so we give you praise, glory, and honor for everything we do today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition, as my dear brother George would say. However, there is an epic housing crash that could rock America to its core. 
let's look at this just briefly. You may not want to buy a house right now, someone said. What goes up must eventually come down, and we have just entered the downside of that equation. Over the past two years, home prices in the United States have gone up nearly 40%. Now, mortgage rates are rising at a pace that is truly frightening, and they are likely to go even higher in the months ahead as the Federal Reserve continues to fight a relentless war against inflation. Needless to say, higher mortgage rates mean higher potential mortgage payments for prospective home buyers. And so millions of Americans are being priced out of the marketplace right now. The only thing that is going to bring those buyers back into the marketplace is for home prices to go down, and that is already starting to happen in some areas of the nation. We were already in a historic housing bubble heading into 2020, and over the past two years, we have witnessed another housing bubble develop on top of the previous housing bubble. All right. Overall, home prices in the U.S. rose 37% between March 2020 and March 2022. That is insane. Of course, our incomes have not been going up as fast as home prices have. In fact, it is being reported that home prices have gone up four times faster than incomes over the past year. So economists at the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas put the real estate industry on edge this spring after they published a paper titled Real-Time Market Monitoring Finds Signs of Brewing U.S. Housing Bubble. Why the renewed concern? Over the past year alone, home prices have gone up four times faster than incomes. Simple economic theory which dictates that neither home prices nor incomes can outgrow the other for very long, tells us that it's sustainable, all right? So it is not sustainable. There is no way that this could continue for long, and we have reached a point where home prices in the United States are overvalued by almost 25%. So the analysis conducted by Monday's analytics aimed to find out whether economic fundamentals, including local income levels, could support local home prices. On a national level, Moody's Analytics finds U.S. home prices are overvalued by 24.7%. In other words, U.S. home prices are 24.7% higher than they would historically trade at given current income levels. So does this mean that home prices will come down by 25%? Well, it all depends on what the Federal Reserve chooses to do. In the, if the Fed decides to stop raising interest rates by the end of this year, the damage could potentially be minimized. But if the Fed continues to raise interest rates throughout 2023, we are likely to see carnage that is unlike anything we have ever seen before. So <clears throat> what I would recommend to people out there that are wanting to sell a home right now is don't place your faith and trust in what the Fed is doing or what the market is saying or what the world system is saying. But I would be very, very diligent and prayerful about if God has told you to sell something, to sell it now to get the highest price you possibly can. Because what I'm reading is a forecasting. There is somebody out in this world that is willing to buy your home for what the price God has put in your heart to do. So this is also, for me, a sign to all believers of just how quickly things can turn. And if you don't get out in front of it, if you're not diligent to get out in front of it and, um, you know, in, in prayer and trusting God to get the work done, how quickly things could close up. There are moments 
in, in the economy of the world that there are seasons of opportunity. Now, in the kingdom of heaven, there are seasons of opportunity as well. Don't let this season pass you by. Don't be blinded to it. If God is wanting to transition you, we knew months ago that we were in a time of transition, that 2022 was going to be a time of transition. There was all kinds of movement that would be taking place. And to be diligent in the transition, to keep your mind focused and clear, your ears open, your heart understanding, your eyes perceiving, don't miss your season of opportunity. And not to, and now, because this is being you know, brought forth, and this is a forecast of what's to come, don't grow faint. Don't lose heart. Be more diligent to pray and fast so that the thing that you are wanting to sell, if it is your home, then that home will sell at the price that God has put in your heart. And so be diligent in that. Be steadfast in that. But know that this season of opportunity for you to have a wonderful transition, and what I mean by that, uh, there are people out there that are wanting to get to the place that God has called them to, and it's a transitory moment. And so God wants to bless you with a financial endowment in the sale of your home. It was one of those opportune seasons. So don't have any refrain. Don't hold back. Don't doubt. Right now, go for it in your faith. Trust God with all your heart. We can come into agreement that that piece of property will sell and that you will get everything out of it that God has put in your heart to get out of it so that you can have an abundant supply to make your transition like the Israelites who left Egypt and went into the wilderness. They did not go in broke, busted, and disgusted. They went into that transitory moment with a tremendous overflow of financial prosperity and blessing and all of their needs being met. So don't delay, undelay, undelay, they would say, they would say, undelay, undelay, ah, undo the delay. So the devil likes to delay, deceive, and distract us so that we will never know the purposes of God or come to a, an apprehension of the purposes. But I declare today in faith with you that that thing that you have desired that God has put in your heart, if it is your home, to sell it, well, it will sell at the price. God will bring in a buyer at the last moment, the residual, those that are still looking, and he will, they will purchase your home at the price that God has put in your heart to do. So I pray and I come into agreement with you. However, uh, this writer went on to say here that personally, I have been stunned by how rapidly mortgage rates have risen. According to Peter Schiff, the last time that average 30-year mortgage rates crossed the 6% threshold was just before the last housing crash. So this is quickening the pace. Final call. Get it done. Move. Get what you need. Get, undo your heart with burdens and concerns and ask the Lord to confirm what price do you want me to sell my home for? And get the word of the Lord. Get the Holy Spirit to tell you and then put it out there and it will go. Uh, just refresh that for sale sign. You know, take it down for a moment. Wait a day. Put it up. Do whatever God tells you to do. And uh, just move, move, move. Refresh for the moment. Transitory. Let's get it done. All right. Now. Um, I, I want to shift to another article here because I thought this, too, was interesting. Um, yeah, I think so. This is about ranchers that are going into panic mode right now. Now, most of you that are watching the news, you are witnessing uh, the Yosemite fire, the Oak Fire near Yosemite. 
Um, you have witnessed what was going on in Dallas, perhaps yesterday, where a fire was spreading and homes started catching on fire, like, you know, just crackling weeds, you know, just set on fire so quickly. Uh, you also noticed that um, there's a major drought in some areas of this country. It's a massive drought. Uh, there is critical drought throughout the nation right now with the rising of the heat and so on. But one of the problems being created by that drought is that ranchers are going into panic mode because the drought is leading to cattle sell-off. So thanks to the horrific drought, which is absolutely devastating ranching in the Southwest, ranchers are now in panic mode and are selling off their cattle at an unprecedented rate. In fact, some are choosing to sell off their entire herds because they feel like they don't have any other options. In recent days, seemingly endless lines of trailers waiting to drop off cattle for auction have gone viral all over social media. Everybody is talking about how they have never seen anything like this before, and if the drought in the Southwest persists, the lines could soon get even longer. In the short term, this is going to help to stabilize meat prices, but in the long term, the size of the U.S. cattle herd will steadily become much smaller, and that has very serious implications for our ability to feed ourselves in 2023 and beyond. North Texas has become the epicenter for this rapidly growing crisis. Thanks to the drought, there simply is not enough grass and not enough water, and so many ranchers have been forced to make some really tough decisions. Patricia and I actually saw this when we were returning from the West Coast a few months ago. Uh, we, were, we were herding for the cattle uh, in particular states like New Mexico, for example. Uh, it, there was no green grass. I mean, it was all yellow, and there was no rain in sight, and the cattle were suffering. We saw this firsthand. But when I went up to preach in Ranton, New Mexico, uh, that curse is all over that land because that mayor is bowing down to idols and worshiping false gods. Uh, very, very deadly. So North uh, Texas ranchers are selling off cattle by the thousands as grass and water disappeared during an expanding summer drought. Videos spread on social media Saturday and Sunday showing trucks and trailers lined up for miles outside of livestock markets. At the Decatur Livestock Market, owner Kimberly Irwin said trucks were stacked a mile in each direction, eventually unloading more than 2,600 animals. For many of these ranchers, it is imperative that they get something for their animals while they still can. According to the USDA, the vast majority of the pasture and range land in the region is now in either poor or very poor condition. Wow, does this sound very biblically familiar to anybody. Uh, grass has stopped growing with no rain and 100 degree temperatures. Grasshoppers have reportedly been destroying what's available in some counties. Stock ponds are now starting to run low on water as well. The USDA released a report Monday showing 83% of pasture and rangeland is now considered to be in poor to very poor condition. Normally, Many cattle ranchers would feed hay to their cattle under such circumstances, but the price of hay has absolutely skyrocketed over the past year. Prices for hay, which is widely used to feed cattle, were 56% higher in April than in 2021, according to a June report from the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City. Cattle producers are estimated to have lost money the past two months, according to a cost and return analysis from Iowa State University. Some now, even you, if you can find hay for sale, is 
usually so expensive that it is simply not economical. Without any other options that make sense, some cattle ranchers in Texas have actually decided to go ahead and sell their entire herds. Central Texas ranchers have little hay to feed their cows due to drought conditions. That means some ranchers are now selling off everything they have. One rancher said, some of these ranchers are just totally out of grass, totally out of water, and their backs are against the wall and they don't have any other options. Hmm. The good news is that a flood of beef is coming into the supply chain right now, and that will certainly help keep short-term prices stable, but what will be next year and beyond? Well, according to a Bloomberg, many ranchers that are showing up at these auctions are literally in panic mode because they are so eager to sell off their animals. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, you and I have been told that God wanted to mark out things in front of us so that we would get in front of all these things. I hope you have been diligent to do your part in getting you and your family ahead of the things that are coming. God has given us a season of opportunity to get a lot of great stuff done. And as we're walking in obedience to the Lord and we're walking by his spirit and we're under his cloud and under the shadow of his wings, we should have been having a lot of great stuff getting done in preparation. So God bless you for doing it. If you're right there at that critical moment right now, I want to stand in agreement with you that you will get over the hump, that you will not go into panic mode. You will not be afraid. You will bend your knees before Almighty God and trust him and pray to him that he will help you to get where you need to be. You're not going to experience loss because there is no loss in the economy of the kingdom of heaven. So get out in front of it. Today, we stand in agreement. So these are just a few of the headlines that are going on today. And uh, to help me continue in some of the thinking that we have today, I want to refer to my dear friend and brother, who himself and his beloved family have been in transition. Pastor Dr. Jeff Bass is with us today to get through some really deep information that you and I are going to need to download once again for the purpose of realizing that everything going on in this world, we are looking at world events through a biblical lens, and we are lending interpretation to the things that we're seeing and hearing and understanding. Without further ado, Pastor Jeff Bass, good morning, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing well. Good morning to you, uh, Pastor Vincent. Uh, thank you for those uh, warm and kind remarks. And well, I'm doing great. In the midst- yeah, what other kind remarks huh? could there possibly be for my brother Jeff? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise Amen, God. My brother. Praise God. It's so good to hear your voice again. I know you guys have been in transition. Uh, you've got some important information. We've got uh, some good moments here to get some real good information out, stir conversation. Uh, let's get into it, Pastor Jeff. What is on the top of your list today? Um. Again, it's always great to be here. Thank you for allowing me to be with you. I love being here with you, and you you, you were correct. We were and are still in transition. You know, we were in the Northern Virginia area, but since we've last spoken, we've uh, uh, headed south, my friend. We're in uh, the sunshine state of Florida. I'll just leave it there. I remember back in the day in the wrestling, they wouldn't tell where they were from. They would say, parts unknown. So I won't say exactly. <laughs> Safe and sound. I won't say exactly. The guy that wore the mask always, he's from parts unknown. So uh, 
you know, but I, right now I won't just necessarily share it. I just say we're in Florida where it's uh, smoking hot, man, every day and raining every wow. day. But that's that, that's okay. God is great. He's given us an assignment. So we're here, and um, uh, we're just uh, waiting to uh, continue to do what God has called us to do as it relates to our, our, our ministerial assignment. But, again, like I said, it's great to be with you and to share the information that uh, – that I've gotten with with you and your listening audience. Amen, amen. And I definitely want you to share about what, uh, at some point, as we come to the the end of the broadcast, share about your transition, the assignment you're on, what you're going to be doing, so people could check that out as well. Okay. So, all right, okay. my friend, I'm ready to go. I've got pen and pad in hand, and I'm ready to take notes. What you got for us? Well, the first thing, uh, you and I, in a conversation we had off air, I think it was yesterday, uh, that you had shared it with me, and I said that that was one of the one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, Dr. Burks, um, I think everybody's familiar with her, Dr. Deborah Burks. She was um, one of uh, President Trump's uh, COVID-19 advisors. Uh, the article says Dr. Burke admits that she and Fauci made up the science on lockdowns and social distancing. Now, this is an article from Zero Hedge, and it says that uh, President Trump's former COVID-19 advisor, Dr. Deborah Burks, has made several stunning admissions of late, first telling the Daily Mail that COVID-19 came out of the box ready to infect when it hit Wuhan, China in 2019, and that it may have been created by Chinese scientists who were working on coronavirus vaccines. Now, let's just interject right there. That's kind of going against the grain because, you know, the media and everybody, anytime anybody said that, uh, even I think President Trump, the Wuhan virus or whatever, they said he was racist. They said it didn't originate there. So they they debunked that. But that's one of the first statements she made uh, in this revelation. Uh, as Fox News' Jesse Waters lays out, the article says, Burke admitted in her new book, so we see here, again, parenthetically interjecting, she's got a new book coming out. So, you know, you make your own assumptions on that. In her new book that she and Dr. Fauci were essentially, were essentially, quote, shooting from the hip when it came to national directives such as, quote, two weeks to stop the spread. Remember when they said that? And social distancing requirements. According to Waters, Burks admitted to making things up, adding that she and Fauci were lying to the president and to the American people about their COVID protocols. With the first lie, 15 days to stop the spread, Burks, she writes, quote, no sooner had we convinced the Trump administration to implement our version of the two-week shutdown than I was trying to figure out how to extend it. So she said they told them to shut down for two weeks, and she was trying to figure out behind the scenes how to make it longer. So that 15 days to slow the spread was just, she says, a sneaky way to get their hooks into us so they could lock us down for longer, Waters says. And if you dare to leave your house, Burks told us the only way to stay safe was to social distance. To that end, Burks writes that she, quote, had settled on 10 feet, knowing that even that was too many. But I figured that 10 would at least be palatable for most Americans, high enough for, for to allow for most gatherings of immediate family, but not enough for larger dinner parties and critically large weddings, birthday parties, and other mass social events. So that's my first article. I was—I mean, it's a lot, kind of, to me, 
to possibly look at and unpack there. You know, one, she's got a book coming out. Two, mm-hmm. she's admitting that they made up stuff. And three, mm-hmm. you, you could take it from there. Well, I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's explosive because uh, I was sitting down yesterday at the Red Robin restaurant with a, a, an old friend of mine who uh, was very much involved in the military. He was in Kosovo. He, he ran security uh, over there. He was in Iraq. He was in the FBI while he was back here at home. And he has a very extensive um, you know, career in this type of thing. And I, the first thing he said to me was, yeah, did you hear you know, this Dr. Burks? She just absolutely unveiled the reality of the deception and the lies of what they were promoting. And I had not heard it before. And so he sent me a, the Fox News uh, report. And, you know, here YouTube is shutting everybody down for talking about COVID-19 and false information. And now on the prime news channels, you know, the fake news channels that we, they call prime news, uh, they're now they're reporting, they're telling on themselves about all the lying, all the deception and how the vaccinations weren't going to save anybody and the shots weren't going to save anybody. It wasn't going to do anything. And all these people have been made so filthy rich by their deception. The gas prices right now are somebody's getting filthy rich by the deception. And it's the fleecing of the flock. It is the absolute horrid lying spirit and the deception that's running rampant in our society, Pastor Jeff. And the people are just being fleeced. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. The fatted calves of the North American continent are being set up for the slaughter. And uh, before they're slaughtered, they're getting all the wool first and, you know, everything they need. So she lied, they lied, and uh, they're still walking around. And meanwhile, January 6th, everybody's doing about the January 6th, the lopsided, one-sided, defiled, depraved, deceptive, uh, you know, congressional hearing over there where nobody gets to defend themselves and tell the other side of the story. And so it goes back to Goebbels, my friend said yesterday, who was the propaganda minister of Adolf Hitler's regime. Just keep telling the lie. Just keep telling the lie. And everybody will eventually believe it. So this is unbelievable. So now with this admission, well, what comes along with that admission? Well, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, you were saying so much there that's true. I mean, I, I'm just focusing on the fact that the people believe the lie, you know, I mean, the, the deception and, and the belief. I mean, I never believed Fauci. I mean, you, you know, there's a lot, you know, the first thing is I think, we as the body of Christ and people in general, we need to do our homework. We need to do our research. You know, I never take anything that the media says for to be true, I, partly because, as I've said before, not bragging about it, but my, my background, my degree is in broadcast journalism. So I was in that world for a while before, before I was saved and everything. So I kind of know a little bit about it and knowing where – with the new world order and where everything is, is how, how it's controlled and so forth. I wouldn't trust anything they say. I would, I would actually, they talk about fact checking. You really need to, to, to actually fact check what they say that they're fact checking. You know, somebody's watching the watchers, so to speak, because I mean, they're bought and paid for and stuff. So now I think they just want to change the narrative because I was, I've, I've been, uh, desperately looking for this article that I that I read. I think it was yesterday or last night that I wanted to share, but I don't have it in front of me because I didn't print it off. But 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 the 
uh, the net net on it is that more and more people that we're hearing dying, which are dying as a result of the of the jab, they're 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 dying at such a speed, and some of them are are, are famous people that they've got to come up with a way either to say that they lied or some way to justify that. I mean, it was uh, at least three not famous like someone like, you know, a, a, a real big famous person, but the, but uh, someone, one of them was a, was a former quarterback, at, uh, I think at the University of South Carolina, a uh, young guy. He was only like four, maybe early 40s, just died. You know, dropped mm. in uh, mm. a a doctor, a a well known doctor in in uh, Canada. I want to say Toronto, but don't quote me on that. It's, but it was in Canada. He was a well known physician, and he liked to run and jog. Boom, dropped dead. And you know, and uh, they're they're uh, tying it to him getting getting vaxxed. You know, and I mean, it was it, it's another person. I think. A football player that played with the uh, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and another couple of teams. He was in his thirties. So, a lot of stuff that we heard that was going to happen as a result of this is now happening. So I think is they're kind of like, well, let me come clean. You know, maybe I maybe maybe I'll get a little mercy or whatever. So let me just just retract everything I said or come clean because the truth the truth is not only out there; the truth is coming out. Amen. So isn't that kind of connected to something called sudden death syndrome or something like that, where this is becoming a, a, a national issue where people, young people, are just starting to drop dead? And we saw a little bit of that, but, you know, these people have murder on their hands. They have blood on their hands. They have actually lied to people to the degree that has actually killed them. Who will ever hold these people accountable for what they're doing? I mean, I mean, you've got to have some part in it when you lie to somebody to cause them to do something that will actually kill them. I mean, there's got to be some, you know, law against that, isn't there? You would think so, but here's here's the here's the deal from my perspective, Pastor. Who's going to who's going to call it out? Who's right. who, who's going to administer justice? Right. Who's gonna? I mean, it's like. If you went, if I stole something from you and you reported me, but the but the police or the authorities or the government or the uh, or, or the judicial system, they didn't do anything about it. You wouldn't get any justice. I see. I sit back and watch what it what what are our congressmen and congresswomen? What 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 are our representatives doing? I mean, in other words, who's who's fighting on behalf of truth, righteousness? Who I mean, who can we name someone? Can we name you know a you know a Republican? We know the Democrats are, but but can we name a person who is actually advocating to bring these people to justice or to do whatever? I I don't see it. No, no. I mean, it, I know the quite... answer from a biblical perspective, which is what I was going to share as we, later on. You know, so so I guess this is kind of just a rhetorical. I'm just throwing it out there. Of course, the answer is a biblical answer because we've been trying to solve these problems in the natural, but we need to go to the spiritual solutions. But in the natural, 
uh, uh, where's Ted Cruz? Where's Marco Rubio? Where's Rand Paul? Where's uh, 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 I, and I could just go on naming naming people who some a lot of a lot of us who who, who believe that these people are gonna gonna stand up and 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 call for a hearing or do this or or, or try to bring people to justice for uh for their wrongdoings and I don't see it. Yeah, you know, and I just want to stay on this for 30 more seconds, then we'll move on to the next article. But, um, you know, the January 6th, and I want to tie it into what this Fauci thing is all about as well, because, you know, next thing you know, there'll be a, a congressional hearing about how everything they did was right and everything they did, regardless of what they said, even though they openly confessed they lied, uh, they'll have a congressional hearing that nobody else is allowed to speak into, and they'll just talk about how they did everything right, right? And that's kind of what's happening right now with the whole January 6th issue is that they're uh, and, and this is the, the, the thing that really, you know, I, I just wonder where people are in their minds. Um, we know and we've heard it 100 times that during January 20, or 2020, 2021, we saw people lose their homes, their businesses, their vehicles were set on fire. There were all these brutal uh, throughout the nation riots. People were killed. People were hurt. Um, this was happening. People lost everything. But then, without any accountability, I mean, virtually no accountability, let them vent, they said. It's a peaceful thing while the fire was burning. And now the Capitol building. Oh, people went into the Capitol building. And they're acting as though the politicians are gods rather than servants. All these politicians are supposed to be public servants, and rather than treating them as public servants, people are treating them like gods, and they are assuming themselves to be gods rather than servants. And when the people, we the people of the United States of America, we are the true government of this nation, supposedly, but we've come under the tyrannic uh, rule of these uh, so-called you know, oligarchs and elites that are claiming themselves to be gods like Caesars of Rome that, you know, you, you know, you could burn everybody's building, you could burn their home, their, their property, you could ruin their lives, but don't you come near our Congress building. Well, it's not even yours. It belongs to the people. And so there's such a, a, a guttural hypocrisy, and yet there's nothing being done about it. And this is terrifying. It makes you think about the proverbial frog in the pot. Uh, it's just it can't get out now. You know, are we there? Pastor Jeff? Well, I think we are, but again, like I said, sometimes, you know, I've I've been in church services where I had a message and I wanted to preach it, but when you start with your praise and worship and everything, I've had those, those, uh, uh, not every Sunday, but those Sundays where the Holy Spirit just took over and, you know, I might as well ball my, my sermon up because the Holy Spirit was taking us in another direction. Mm-hmm. And I I, I kind of see that that's kind of one of those moments where tying into what I just said, I agree with everything you're saying. I think the thing is that as we, the people, awaken to what's going on, we've got to, again, and I know many people don't want to hear this, we do have to vote and we do have to do that. But before we vote, before we do anything, the first thing we need to do is to seek the face of the Lord for strategy, because it's, it, we've seen the politicians aren't going to do it. I mean, okay, we know which side is 
totally demonic, satanic, and whatever. And we think, okay, well, I'm going to go to to the right and, 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 and the people who are on the right. But this well has been so polluted, in my opinion, Pastor, that I, 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 this is just me. I believe a lot of the people, some of the people that the names and others that I said, the reason they won't stand up is sometimes the reason I won't say something because, you know, there's some stuff in my closet that I don't want to uncover or, or, or because I'm down with what's going on, but you don't know that I'm down with what's going on. So therefore I'm not going to say anything because I'm not going to stir the pot. You, you don't. So it's really hard to discern and distinguish or you, even though you say you're 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 against this, are you really against what's going on, the lies and the deception? Or maybe you 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 didn't lie, but you looked the other way. So I think there has to be a biblical solution. We have to we we the body of Christ, we the people have to say, God, we need first thing we have to declare that we can't do this. The uh, this mess that we're in, the politicians can't do it. So only you can do it, God. So we need a strategy from you. So where do we get that strategy? We have to go to the Bible. So if we do that, just before I came on, I, uh, I was hearing this word from God, confound and confuse. Confound, what I say from God in my spirit, confound and confuse. So I went to Psalm, I, I was looking it up. So I went to Psalm 55. If I can go there. If you'll indulge me. Sure, absolutely. Psalm 50, absolutely. Psalm 55. It's only 15 verses. I'm going to read read it quickly. Uh but 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 verse 9 is where I really want to get to. But but I but I need to read verse we'll start at verse 1 to kind of set it up if we sure. will. Uh it says this is a psalm of David. It says, listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. My enemies shout at me. This is what they're doing in January 6th thing. But anyway, making loud and wicked threats. They bring trouble on me and angrily hunt me down. My heart pounds in my chest. The terror of death assaults me. Fear and trembling overwhelm me, and I can't stop shaking. Oh, that I had wings like a dove, then I would fly away and rest. I would fly far away to the quiet of the wilderness. How quickly I would escape far from this wild storm of hatred. Now, here it comes. Verse 9. This is in the, I think, uh, what is it? I'm, I'm in the NIV. No, I'm sorry. I'm in the New Living. But it says, confuse them, Lord and frustrate their plans. For I see violence and conflict in the city. Its walls are patrolled day and night against invaders, but the real danger is wickedness within the city. Everything is falling apart. Threats and cheating are rampant in the streets. It is not an enemy who taunts me. I could, uh, it, it is not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It is not my foes who so arrogantly insult me. I could have... I could have hidden from them. Instead, it is you, my equal, my companion, and close friend. What good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked together to the house of God. Let death stalk my enemies. Let the grave swallow them alive, for evil makes its home within them. Now, uh, in other translations, 
verse 9, where it says confuse and frustrate their plans. It says uh, destroy their schemes in, a, uh, in another translation. Confuse their tongues. Confuse them and frustrate them. So my point to tie, to, tie, to, uh, tie together or connect the dots is I think we need to get into our secret place, which it talks about in Matthew 6, and begin to pray and cry out to God the scripture. God, the, your word says you're no respecter of person. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you did it then, you'll do it now. Exodus 14, when we study that, God jammed the wheels of the Egyptian chariots. And I got other uh, uh, passage of scriptures to, to validate what I'm saying. So what we need to do is first believe that God can do now what he did then, if we believe he's the same God to yesterday, today, and forever. So now, just what he did back then, he'll do today. Because what we want done can't get done in the natural. It's too, it's, it's, to me, it's too far gone. It, it's, you don't know who is this and who is that. A lot of people are faking it. They're not real. They're rhinos. They're this. They're that. We need God. And we need, we need to cry out to him and pray to him, God, confuse our enemies, frustrate their plans, frustrate their schemes, expose the darkness, bring the light. Oh, man, I need to stop. Amen. <laughs> Amen. No, no, that's, that's good what, preaching. That's, that's what I believe, Pastor, the body needs to do, because the enemy, as we go on with the other articles, the enemy is, uh, uh, Satan is the author of confusion. God did not, in Timothy, God did not give us a spirit of fear, spirit of fear. Fear is running rampant. Fusion is running rampant. Deception is running rampant. So we have to counter that with the word of God. That's the only thing that the enemy, uh, 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 that locks the hands of the enemy and he respects, the word of God. We have to do what God tells us to do, and it's unconventional. It's Amen. not uh, our, our our intellect and our mind. We it uh it 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 can't line up with that. You know, if somebody you know slaps me, I want to you know uh, typically you or I want to slap them back. But of course, we know scripturally it teaches us turn the other cheek. Well, why why would I do that? Because the word of God says it. So even though I'm not going to question it, but God has an uh, 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 an ends you know you know a means to the end, so to speak. I mean, He knows He knows if we do that. It's going to work for our good, and he's going to be glorified. Amen. You know, that, that name, that confusion, you know, Babylon is where we get the, you know, confusion. Babylon means confusion. And the, this nation is in so much confusion. I mean, you got men with men, women with, that's confusion. That's called confusion. And so we're a very confused nation. So what needs to happen is to confuse the powers of darkness so that the confused people can come to a sense of, reality and have an opportunity in the final call to come out of her and be separate and be saved rather than drowning and dying in that confusion. I totally agree with that, Pastor Jeff. Let's move on to the next article. What, what, what's next on the, uh, the list here? Well, a couple of things I wanted, uh, uh, what I had pulled, I wanted to kind of lay a, lay a foundational or, or actually to show the pattern of what we've been talking about, about the, the exposure of the lies. The truth is coming out. This article was from this past Friday from Dave Hodges, and he has the Common Sense Show and Dave Hodges. Um, his article is entitled, 
Virology, that's V-I-R-O-L-O-G-Y, Virology Journal paper confirms COVID jabs deplete immune function over time. And it says a cardiovascular surgeon at Okamura Memorial Hospital Center for Varicose Veins in Japan authored a study recently published in the Virology Journal that reiterates the fact that COVID-19 vaccines are an immune destroyer. Kenji Yamamoto commenting on another recent study published in the journal, The Lancet says that eight months after receiving two doses of a flu shot, a fully vaccinated person's immune system is lower than that of an unvaccinated person. Getting boosted with a so-called booster shot will not help either. The European Medicines Agency, EMA, doing something that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration would never do has come out and says that boosting only further damages the immune system and is not a smart or even scientific approach. Quote, the, the decrease in immunity can be caused by several factors, such as N1-methylsuteduridine, the spike protein, lipid nanoparticles, antibody-dependent enhancement, and the original antigenic stimulus, Yamamoto writes. These clinical alterations may explain the association reported between COVID-19 vaccination and shingles. COVID jab spike proteins do not immediately decay following injection. And it says, lastly, some doctors are taking a approach with their patients, urging them to avoid certain medications that, when combined with the shot, can increase their risk of causing harm. Okay. All right. So let's, the very first thing that came into my mind when you were reading that is, uh, number one, again, I'm going back to January 6th, the one-sided hearing, uh, the congressional hearing, so they call it. So YouTube is doing the same exact thing. It's a one-sided conversation because this intelligent conversation that you're reading right now showing the other side is being excluded on YouTube, right? So we're, we're at this time where the social media, the propaganda tools, uh, you know, the left being in control and having power with the, you know, with the, the um, you know, the strength that they have in Congress and, and all of that. Um, they're using that to further divide our nation and to demonize anybody and everybody that doesn't go along with their narrative. And so, again, this is just typical. Here it is, proof. The immune system is dying because of a vaccination that they have lied about and told everybody in the world to get. Is I mean, is that as raw as it gets right there? Yes? It is. And I would suggest that everybody who's listening, who's, who, you know, who, who, who listens to us and, and so forth, uh, um, listen, go and check out Dr. Jane Ruby, Jane Ruby. Uh, first heard about her. She was on the Stu Peters show. I think she has her own broadcast now. Uh, she she was on with uh, the uh, Mike Adams, the Health Ranger, and everything. And she she keeps coming out with various studies proving this and proving what's in there. I think they recently did an autopsy on someone who who who, who died and about the blood clots and, and the whole thing. I mean, if you really want to be informed, you have to listen to alternative media because you're not going to get it from the mainstream media. And as, as I just read that about that, 
this this this, this uh, virology paper paper is confirming that. Um, tying into that, the next article says desperate media trying. This is from Dave Hodges also. The desperate media trying to keep COVID delusion alive, but hospital officials reveal it's all hype. More than two years have passed since the national emergency was first declared, and hospital administrators are having a harder time going along with the narrative. Now, one of the largest hospital systems in Southern California finally diverted from the narrative. At a recent press conference, Brad Spellberg, chief medical officer of L.A. County, and epidemiologist Paul Holtorn rebuked the corporate media and took a swipe at the government's, listen to this, terror tactics. Quote, this is Spielberg said, it is just not the same pandemic that it was, despite all the media hype to the contrary. I mean, he said, a lot of people have had have bad colds is what we're seeing. So he's saying here to me to Jack that even though now people are, are, are getting colds, that uh, uh, people have been so uh, uh, hit with fear that even now when you get a cold, a lot of people are thinking that, oh, it may be COVID. It's that fear, that uh, spirit of fear that has been placed in, in, uh, in our country, in our society, and in our world. L.A. County Health Director Barbara Ferrer just declared that the county was in a high level of COVID transmission. If she could convince 10 million L.A. residents that this high level of COVID transmission is real for another two consecutive weeks, she could then impose a new indoor mask mandate per her own made-up rules. One day after Ferrer tried to pawn L.A. into further oppression, epidemiologist Holtum, who I was just quoting, spoke at a press conference rebuking the narrative. Quote, he said, as of this morning, we have no one in the hospital who had pulmonary disease due to COVID. Nobody in the hospital. Then he said again, nobody. Chief Medical Officer Brad Spielberg presented the actual case data and hospital admission data. The numbers uh, at LAC and USC, COVID-positive tests have continued to go up, but he said it isn't because we're seeing a ton of people with symptomatic disease being admitted. Spielberg said we're seeing a lot of people with mild disease in urgent care and emergency department who go home and do not get admitted. Of those who are admitted, they're 90% of the time not admitted due to COVID. Spielberg reiterated that it has been months since the hospital has seen a COVID case that requires ICU admission. He said the COVID ICU admissions usually present with an autoimmune attack of the nerves that may or may not be COVID-driven. A national state of emergency allowed hospitals to enjoy financial incentives every time a fraudulently calibrated PCR test presented false evidence for a COVID-19 diagnosis. Under this medical tyranny, a patient's true cause of death does not matter. If COVID-19 is, is suspected or, quote, could not be ruled out, codified as the cause of their death. Worse, this ongoing national emergency allows hospital staff to enjoy indemnity for medical error and iotrogenic death which is one of the top causes of death in the U.S. And that's it. <clears throat> My God. Well, so they continue the narrative, Pastor. They continue this narrative, <clears throat> continue the narrative to uh, 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 to get us to worry and to be fearful and 
Continue to do this. I, I mean, I, I, I told you, I've got to say this. You know, I'm, 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 I'm here in Florida. I've, I've been here two and a half weeks now. We've had to go to the grocery store and so forth. And there's still a, a pretty big percentage where I'm at of people still wearing masks. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. so I, you know, we had, we you know, we have our masks because we didn't, we you know, we're new here. We don't know if you go in a store and they said mask required or whatever. So we have our mask in our hand, our pocket or whatever, and we go in and we see a lot of the employees at, at many of the stores. They they don't wear the mask or whatever. But I see a a pretty big segment of people coming in, still you know, still wearing their mask, still still fearful. Yeah, very, very sad. Very, very sad. What was done to this nation and around the world, um, you know, and, and again, it was to further their own agenda by locking down the world and putting this out there. And um, yeah, very, very ugly, very, very ugly time on planet Earth. Uh, I'm looking at some other stuff here, Pastor Jeff, that, you know, the witchcraft, the paganism uh, that's growing throughout this nation and around the world. Uh, there seems to be, you know, a, a, a focusing in on the targeted areas uh, that they uh, want to uh, dismantle and destroy, i.e. the Christian faith in our nation. Uh, they want to destroy and dismantle the, the, the right wing of, quote-unquote, uh, conservative Christians that have moral values in our nation. Uh, it's, it's a very concentrated satanic effort that's being employed uh, in our nation and around the world to undo everything that was once uh, beautiful. And unfortunately, uh, again, yeah, I mean, the strategies are so important to have, the biblical strategies for those regions that we live in. Um, I don't know. It, it just It's going so far away from reality so quickly and um, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the kingdom. Thank God for an economy that works better than the economies of this world. I, I, I can just feel the weight of it right now. Don't you feel the weight of this ugly stuff that's going on? I do. And, and I think that's why the body of Christ has to get on one accord. I mean, it, 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 even if there's a remnant, when I say the body of Christ, I, because I know that when, when I say that, I mean, there's many people who probably say, well, that, that may not happen, Pastor Jeff, and I know there's many denom- Christian denominations and so forth and everything, and I, and I understand that. But if the Bible says if two or three are gathered together in his name, you know, I mean, if, you know, and that's, that's where I'm at. If we can just get two or, two or three people on, on one accord, unified, you know, uh, you you get two more people. You know, your wife get two more. I get two. My wife gets two. That's three groups of three. You know, Jesus has it, had his inner circle. We've got to get these three, and we're all praying, not necessarily like parroting like like the media, where if you cut on MSNBC, CNBC, CNN, they're all saying the same thing. They're reading from a script. I'm not saying that, but just like I like I read about Psalm 55 or other. We all praying, God, confuse the work of the enemy. Expose the darkness. Bring the light. Amen. Allow us to Amen. be salt and light. And begin to actually uh, 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 pray scripturally. I believe we'll, we'll begin to see God move. I mean, I'm not saying that the judgment is not going to come. I'm not saying, I'm, so I'm not, I'm not rebuking or coming against or, or, or denouncing anything you've said and we've said. We know, you know, hey, judgment, <laughs> 
But I think just as we're beginning to see this crumble, what they're trying to do, I think God would give us grace and mercy. You know, uh, I have scriptural support for that. Hezekiah, you know, he he, he got a census that he was going to die. But what did he do? He turned his face to the wall. He began to pray and remind God of who he was and whose he was, he, he was. And God, in his grace and his mercy, gave him 15 additional years. So that's we don't have to feel like we're hopeless or, or that we serve a hopeless and helpless God. We serve a mighty God. We say, what a mighty God we serve. So until the end comes, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God, cry out to him. And watch what he does. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. You know, this weekend, uh, just continuing to add to the balance you're bringing, um, the word of the Lord was very, very clear. And, you know, it, it's, it's universal if we would allow it to be. Uh, I, I sense the final call of God. And I, I, I know in my spirit what God is saying right now is that we're, we're, we've just accessed a moment where God is looking at the nations of the earth and the corruption, the defilement, the depravity. He's already declared through the prophets a warning of judgment that would come. But it's as though the, our Father in heaven, whose love is beyond anything we could ever imagine, is, is saying to the ecclesia, one, one last call, one final call. I want you to bring my message of salvation everywhere you go. Uh, people out there today may think, well, you know, what, what am I supposed to do about all this stuff that's going on in the world? Well, here it is. Take the gospel message of the love of God to every single person with urgency and tell them this is a final call. God is reaching out one more time. God is extending his mercy, his grace, his love, his kindness to whosoever will. And I believe this with every ounce of breath that I have. You know, all the years of warning and prophesying of what will come, well, that is there. It's, it's right there, ready to make landfall, if you will. But this is a moment in the economy of God. If every Christian, if every believer would, would go about their father's business as they're going about, the, you know, their own business, um, they would find those individuals to bring the message of God's love and forgiveness. Hey, you're living in a lifestyle that's condemned. You're doing things that are wrong. You're living in a, you know, an, a contrariness to God. You're in rebellion to God. You've been angry at God. Uh, you're, you're living as a, an, an opponent of God, uh, the true living Christ, Jesus Christ, Almighty God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible, the word of God, which is the truth of God. Uh, but you've embraced the lie and call it the truth. You know, but here it is. God loves you, and he wants and desires to forgive you. Um, that is the one thing that every one of us could bring to the table as we're going about our business and daily life. And I believe this is that balanced moment. How long will we have? What kind of an opportunity is this uh, as long as God says? And if the church will get busy and go about and continue to share this good news of God's love and mercy and forgiveness and his willingness to say to people that have been his opponents, you know what? You're not the only one and you're not going to be the last, but if you want I extend my mercy to you, my olive branch of peace to you, and I desire to have a relationship with you forever. This is his moment. It's always been there, but there's been a season of, of recognizing the evils to justify the wrath of God when it comes. And we've been seeing judgment crises all over this nation for years now. 
So, um, yeah, great balance, Pastor Jeff. What else do you have for us? Well, I just want to say, I just want to add to what you were saying. I mean, I think the church may think that we can't do anything. And I'm working on a message that I, that I did a while back, about a year ago. I'm probably going to put it in a book because God gave me the title this weekend for it. But there's, some, there, there's five things that the church needs to do um, that I believe God gave me because, he, he, um, you know, the church needs to, to be the light, you know, salt and light. And we shouldn't be like, you know, the world because we're in a season where I believe Isaiah 520 is playing out where, where people are saying, you know, woe to those who call what evil good and good evil. Darkness for light and light for darkness, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Bitter. So uh, I think the church has been lulled to sleep because we've, we've, we've put the world over the word of God. We've embraced culture over Christ. And we've got to wake up, you know, um, and, and just seek God. Because there's some things that we can do, and the church should be the church, and should uh, the church needs to not only look up, but the uh, the first thing we need to do are the five things: we need to wake up, we need to pray up, we need to grow up, we need to stand up, and then we need to speak up. That's what the church needs to do. We need to wake up out of our sleep and slumber. We need to then pray up. As I said, then you people would say, well, what well, got to grow up? But I believe you can't grow up. Praying up will help you to grow up. And then after we grow up, now we need to stand up. And then when you stand up, you need to speak up and say what thus saith the Lord as you've been led by the Holy Spirit. Because time is almost up. Amen. Amen. Very good. And, and write that down. It should be in, in a book. Wake up. Pray up. Pray up, grow up, stand up, stand up, speak up, speak up. I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, what I'd like to do right now, with that being said, we've uh, just come to our 10 o'clock um, top of the hour. We've got about 28 minutes left in our broadcast. Um, I would like to invite those who are listening. Uh, you are online. You're listening to the broadcast today. You have a question or a comment. For Pastor Jeff at this point, please call into the broadcast. We'll, you know, let you share your, your thoughts. Uh, also on the, um, in the chat room, I want to say good morning to a few people that are tuned in today. Uh, first, we're going to begin with our dear friend, Cindy Messman. Good morning, Cindy. God bless you. Good morning, Pastor Melissa Fletcher. God bless you. Good morning, Kevin Hauger. God bless you. Sandra Matlow. God bless you. Jim Boltmeyer. God bless you. Uh, and, and blessings to many of you in the chat room. We appreciate you. Uh, there's a few comments. Shirley Woolsley, Shirley and Mike, God bless you, out of Texas. Uh, Laquita Sizemore is with us today. God bless you, Laquita. Uh, Kevin Hauger, again, is with us. And there's a few comments here, going back just for a moment, Pastor Jeff, uh, that were brought up here, and I thought they're worthy to look at. So uh, Sandra Matlow said, my son's mortgage just went up, and now it's up to 700 and something a month. That's crazy, she said. Uh, Jim Boltmeyer said, subprime auto and home prices matter. The banks have been bad players. Most regional banks are putting the markets in massive contraction. Due to the writing of a seven-year arm on both auto and homes, 
we move from the 15 and 30 fixed to predatory behavior. Once these have to be refinanced in the future, we will see the defaults start to hit a number of sectors and the banks brought a lot of this pain on the economy. And then getting back to what you were saying, uh, you possibly have a railroad strike in the next 50 days and the destruction of the trucking will magnify the supply chain problems. And then this one here, uh, we need to <clears throat> look into the uh, nanotechnology that is built into the, uh, jo the JABS program. How are they re-engineering our DNA? What are the long-term effects? Uh, so some great comments. Uh, Kevin Hauger said, if Pastor Bass could forward the info he speaks about, it will help us fight off the YouTube community scrubbers that stops our future live streams. All right, so Pastor uh, Jeff, we want to just acknowledge people that are in the chat room. Uh, is there another article that you have before we start opening the telephone lines? Well, again, it seems like that same vein about the uh, the fear continuing. We just kind of like, well, not kind of like, we've just seen Canada, the, uh, the puncture in the uh, COVID uh, narrative, you know, the you know, kind of like you, you puncture it and the air is slowly seeping out of it. So, 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 what do they do now? Well, the article says the WHO, which is the World Health Organization, declares rapidly spreading monkeypox outbreak is now a global health emergency. And the article kind of just by saying, did they consult Bill Gates first? And this is, believe it or not, from CNBC. It says the rare designation means uh, the, uh, the WHO, and, and I just say the WHO instead of keep saying World Health Organization, now views the outbreak as a significant enough to global health that a coordinated international response is needed to prevent the virus from spreading further and escalating into a pandemic. Although the declaration does not re impose requirements on national governments, it serves as an urgent call for action. It says uh, the WHO can only issue guidance and recommendations to its member states, not mandates. Member states are required to report events that pose a threat to global health. The UN agency declined last month to declare a global emergency in response to monkeypox, but infections have increased substantially over the past several weeks, pushing the WHO director, General Tedros uh, Gabriel-Yesus, or whatever his last name is, to issue the highest alert uh, before a global health emergency is declared. The WHO's emergency committee meets to weigh the evidence and to make a recommendation to the director general. The committee was unable to reach a consensus on whether monkeypox constitutes an emergency. However, Tedros made the decision to issue the highest alert uh, based on the rapid spread of the outbreak around the world. We had, quote, this is uh, what, uh, what the, uh, uh, Tedros said, we have an outbreak that is spread around the world rapidly through new modes of transmission about which we understand too little. For all of these reasons, I have decided, and I just, I just want to interject there, he said he has decided that the global monkeypox outbreak represents a public health emergency of international concern. More than 16,000 cases of monkeypox have been reported across more than 70 countries so far this year, and the number of confirmed infections rose 77% from late June through early July, according to the WHO data. 
Men who have sex with men are currently at highest risk of infection. Five deaths from the virus have been reported in Africa this year. No deaths have been reported outside of Africa so far. Most people are recovering from monkeypox in two to four weeks, according to the U.S. Center for Disease Control. The virus causes a rash that can spread over the body. People who have caught the virus said the rash, which looks like pimples or blisters, can be very painful. The current monkeypox outbreak is highly unusual because it's spreading widely in North American and European nations where the virus is not usually found. That's it. Amazing. Amazing. You know, I'm, I'm thinking Matthew chapter 24, once again, verses 4 through 8, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes, which I think is ready to happen in the, the West Coast any moment now. We'll look for a massive earthquake on the West Coast. Um, in diverse places, all these are the beginning of sorrows. All these, Pastor Jeff, you look out at the world today. You look at the fires. You look at the, uh, the events in Dallas yesterday where... Uh, somebody went into a mall, started firing a pistol in the air and was shot and killed. And the terror of people in large gathering places, uh, again, the killing fields of America are real. And, and, and you see here about these pestilences and, you know, the dirty air and the massive heat and the fires that are burning and, uh, you know, just all this crazy stuff that's going on in the world in which we live. The Bible predicted it. Jesus forewarned us. He foretold us as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's already been to the end. He knows everything that's going to happen. Everything is lining up with Scripture right now, and it is absolutely amazing. People need to know how to live in this particular environment. Um, all right, so with that being said, did you want to comment on that article, or should I open the telephone lines? Well, you can open the lines. All right, so let's do it. So let's take a first call coming in from Eriko 309. Let's say good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Hi. Hi, Mr. Vincent. How are you? This is Jim Bolton. I'm doing very good. Yeah, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. Actually, I love this conversation because I was just in the bank the other day talking to the bank about the subprime mortgage collapse that they're having based on autos and, and homes. And I believe a lot of these regional smaller banks and I call it predatory because normal banks, and I used to work for some banks and used to wrote, write home mortgage loans, would do a 15- or 30-year fix, but they've moved everybody to a seven-year arm. So they don't offer the other loans at all. They just offer a seven-year arm. And so what you're going to start to see is anything that was wrote seven years past to today is going to be refinanced on a home that's supposed to be a 30-year fixed loan is a seven-year front-loaded interest loan that's going to have to be redone every seven years. So this is how the banks put you in a trap because they don't give you those those nice terms. And if you look at a seven-year loan on a home, that's considered bad credit-type loans. These aren't considered good credit because you can't get a 30-year low-interest loan. And then the bank will also raise that rate up 2 or 3%. And compete because they're a regional bank, so they'll say, "Well, I need to raise."
bigger bank, but yet I'm going to write you a predatory seven-year loan that I'm going to re have you refinance every seven years until you finally someday pay your 30-year loan off. Now, the autos have done the same because what they've done is they've moved you to a five-year to a seven-year loan to borrow more than the vehicle's worth and then place you in a position to where a lot of these new loans are, you know, you're paying a $800 to $1,000 a month on these loans. Well, now what's going to happen is Powell's going to come out tomorrow and raise that G, that uh, interest rate another 0.75 or point uh, basis point. So what that's going to do is that's going to force the banks to raise their rates. And so at the end of the at the end of this cycle, these people could be paying 10, 12, 15 percent on their loans because the rates are going up so quickly and they can't fight inflation. And unless Powell does what he has to do, which is slow the economy down, reduce jobs so we get growth to slow down the inflation. People stop buying things. That's how you get inflation to stop. And then he has to raise rates to core inflation, which is probably 6 to 8%. Well, he's at 2.75. So he would have to raise 3 to 4 maybe 5% more on the interest side to catch up with core inflation. And he can't do that, and they're already talking about backing off on this stuff. Well, if you don't get the core, then you're, gonna, you're never going to fight inflation. And you're already getting a second GDP negative print, which is a technical recession, and you're going to see that probably tomorrow. And they're going to say, well, that's not a technical recession. Go look it up in the dictionary. It's a technical recession. And they're going to change the narrative to make it act like it's not a problem and that, the, you know, Biden, everybody's coming out already saying, well, everything's fine. We're not in a recession. This isn't a recessionary environment. When everything you see out here screams a recession. So I think that's a real problem. On yeah, absolutely. The, uh, on, the, on the jab, that was, I'm an ag science guy, and I do a lot of uh, field work on the forestry and different things like that, so I deal with animal and plant diseases a lot. I think if you go back and you look at this program, you'll notice that if you look at, even if it's conspiracy or not, we're starting to see that in dry blood or wet blood or in some of these delusions that we put together and and put them under glass, that there's like a metal structure within the jabs or the vaccinations themselves, and I've been talking about this for about a year and a half, about it being possibly a nanotechnology built into this. I told people for a while, you know, think about what the Chinese have done. This was moved from our country to them, then it was rebuilt through databases that they've been collecting information on ethnic and genetics and all kinds of different things on all kinds of ethnic groups so that they can determine our weaknesses and then build biological weapons based on those weaknesses. Well, if this has a nanotechnology built into it, it thinks, and it's maybe one of the reasons it's so insulated and we can't seem to figure out how to fight it because none of the vaccinations or their flu shots are giving us, because if it was a vaccination, it would eliminate the problem. It wouldn't be 
something you'd have to constantly get over and over and over again. This really isn't a vaccination. This is more of a flu shot that they're trying to prevent spread of the disease through uh, herd immunity. But if this is nanotechnology and they alter your DNA structure, then they've modified you as an individual. And that's a problem because you don't know what this modification is going to do. And most trial studies, once you get into the third trials and you go into mass trials, we don't really understand what these things do for up to 10 to 15 years later. We don't really understand the side effects, how they're going to affect people long term. They're giving these to children and old people and everybody, and it's just a problem. Hey, Amen. Let me just uh, break in just for a moment. Uh, Pastor Jeff, you're hearing... Uh, you know, about the nanotechnology. You brought that up a long, long time ago. Um, again, how does this play into the narrative of where we are right now from your perspective? No, I, I mean, I totally agree. Like, again, of course, I'm not a scientist or anything like that, So, but I respect what the gentleman said. And also what I, but it ties in what he's saying to what I've read from people like uh, Dr. Jane Ruby from uh, Carrie Madea, Mamadea and others. Uh, uh, Sherry Tenpenny and all these other people, doctors, who were basically ostracized, criticized, demonized, dehumanized. I mean, we just don't. Un- I mean, I, I listened to some of the reports and read some of the some of the stories of of uh, the abuse they took when they said similarly similarly to what the gentleman said, and they were like they were just basically bashed and called conspiracy theorists about it, but. Uh, I do believe and agree it's not good. I mean, and we don't know the outcomes. I mean, we are beginning to see some of them, I believe, from like what, what I told you in what I was saying earlier, more and more reports are coming out. Matter of fact, one article I saw uh, is happening a lot of uh, younger people just dropping dead overseas. Like I think I read an article where, some soccer players, and you know soccer players are in mm-hmm. real good shape to run up and down that field for, what, 90 minutes or whatever. Right. And we don't, we don't hear a lot about that here in America, but like I said, you, you know, you can find those articles. So we just – but we are beginning to see many uh, basically healthy people, like, like the doctor, uh, the surgeon in Canada. They, uh, the article went on to say he – you know, he – he was an avid runner. He ran every day, you know, to stay in shape and everything. And he just dropped dead. I mean, but it came out that he had taken two or three, you know, of the shots. So, you know, again, people are connecting the dots and just saying, you know, you just don't normally see healthy people dying at 25, 35, 40 years old, just who, who were, who were uh, totally healthy, no problems, no, no, no issues, but after the the jab, so to speak, they start dying. Right, exactly. Um, so great conversation. Uh, I want to move on because we only have 11 minutes to go here today. Um, Pastor Jeff, something happened to me uh, this morning. Uh, I woke up and I was uh, sitting down. And I was having a first sip of coffee, um, and I, I just had a desire to read. And uh, Patricia and I read our Bible every morning together, but she was still resting. So I went into uh, her little library. She has a very small bookshelf and of books, and 
uh, I just closed my eyes and I said, Holy Spirit, I want to pull out a book and I just want to just find something, you know. So I kind of looked the other way, tricked myself, grabbed a book, opened it. There was no title on the front of it, no title on the back of it. Uh, but on the on the on the the edge of it, there there was a little title called about the, the Great Reckoning. And um, I opened it up to a page where Abraham Lincoln had quoted, and I, I have to I have to just kind of uh, I can't give the exact quote, but he had quoted something to the effect of, and this is paraphrased, that uh, the only way that America will ever die will be by inward suicide. He said that what we have as a nation, there is no one on the earth that from abroad could come and destroy our country. He said it would be a national suicide from within itself, that it would actually die. And he said that free men will live in this nation forever or commit suicide. And it appears right now that America, from within, is being destroyed, and his words are true, and that all these events that are going on within our nation is a national suicide. And um, I just thought, how interesting is that, that uh, with all the predictions of, you know, four nations coming, Russia, China, you know, bombing us, killing us, destroying us, um, Abraham Lincoln's words seem to be more true, and then once the national suicide takes place, you know, then I could see the, the rest of the enemy powers coming and doing what they're going to do. Um, what a very sad thing that our country is committing suicide. And where did that actually begin with our abandonment of the Lord, right? Absolutely, no doubt. I, um, I think I've said this before. I know I've had conversations with others. My wife and I have had this conversation because we're in the baby boomer generation and i remember in the in growing up that you know i was reared by my great grandparents up until um, uh, my my preteen ages and then then they both passed away and in my high school years i grew up in 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 the foster foster care system but thank god for for the structure and the biblical foundation that they had placed in me but i recall in the in the Growing up in the 70s, the mid-70s, graduated in 1975, and I recall several of my classmates saying, I'm not going to rent. I have a family. I'm not going to raise my kids like I was raised. I'm not going to force my kids to go to, go, to, go to church. They can go if they want to. I'm not going to spank or, 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 or discipline my kids. Well, you, back, well just to be honest, back then, they, you know, when I was growing up, they said they like whip your kids or whatever. But, but, the, but the whole point is of the discipline of your kids, you know. Uh, so the bottom line was they, I had many classmates who declared out of their mouth and, and basically came against the way that they were reared and, and raised. And they literally, many of them, did follow up on that. But I'm also reminded of in the book of Judges where it talks about when Joshua died, there arose a generation who did not, who, 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 who had no knowledge of God. They did not know God. You know, and I think that's where we are. Beginning as far as, me, as, far as my generation. Now, there may be some people out there older, and they may, have, uh, may be saying the same thing. It started with their generation. But I, like I say, with mine in the mid-'70s uh, up to now, you know, you you know that generation, my generation. If they did it, then their children had no 
had no concept of God or rearing children correctly or, or going to church. And Barna Research shows us that. More and more people are, you know, they don't, they don't believe in God. You know, they feel that God is irrelevant. But for everybody who says he's irrelevant, I say God, the word of God is infallible. For everybody that, that says it's not pertinent, I said the word of God is true. So that's where I see it has started in the past, and it has, you know, uh, sprung up uh, to where we are today. And you're absolutely right. Last thing I'll say on that, Pastor, is I do believe that we're a nation that because of what we have done because of our lack of, of reverence for God and our turning our, our back on God and not totally depending on God and getting more culture than Christ, more more world than the word of God, these things have come upon us, and uh, it's not good. I mean, uh, the enemy has many tentacles, tentacles, and when we're looking at, just we we just talked about a couple of them today. A couple of the issues that have have crept in to destroy not only this country but this world, so that the new world order can come in. But we didn't even touch upon what they're trying to do to indoctrinate us, our children in school, to change the narrative, to divide. When you said nation against nation, ethnos against ethnos, uh, race against race, they're trying to bring you know black against white and other races and, 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 and have a narrative that you're against me and I'm against you and so forth. So we can't stay focused on the truth because he, when we know the truth, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make us or set us free from bondage. So that's where we are. And again, I think everything bringing it full circle, we've got to keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ, the word of God, stay in his presence and be led by the spirit. Amen. What a great exhortation to all true believers. We're living in the end times. I believe it. I think a lot of people are. Uh, they're critical. There have been times from what I'm hearing that have been a lot worse than now, uh, but I have a very difficult time believing that uh, because the moral compass of our nation has faltered more than any other time in the history of this nation. Uh, and like you said, things are happening in our generation where they're calling good evil, evil good. So to live as a Christian, to do the ups, the wake up, the pray up, the grow up, the stand up, the speak up, uh, if every one of us will do that with a loud clarion voice and shout it from the rooftops, uh, maybe there could be some uh, shattering of the darkness, a snatching out of the fire of eternal damnation. Christians need to maintain a spiritual perspective that we are just sojourners and that this earth is not our eternal abode, that we are just passing through. And God has given us the beginning of the gift of life. And as we pass through, we want to make sure that when we show up at the celestial city, that the rewards that we're going to receive for doing the things that God told us to do, uh, we will not come up and say, well, you know, Lord, I knew you were an austere man, so I buried all my gifts in a napkin. Uh, no, we want us to, hey, I took everything you gave me, and here I multiplied it ten times. I multiplied it five times. I did everything I could possibly do uh, to honor you and to serve you and to advance your kingdom and operate in your kingdom and uh, to draw people and win souls and do the things that you told me to do. Um, I didn't want to just kind of silently hide my light under a bushel and let my salt become saltless and to be good for nothing but to be trodden under foot of men. Um, you know, we just don't want to be there. So this is the final call 
We've come to the end of the race. We're turning around that final corner, and we're seeing the finish line at hand. And I want to encourage everybody out there today, run your race. Do, and if that means 20 more years, then run for 20 more years. You know, align yourself with the purposes of God. But I wouldn't count on 20 years. I'd count on today, what you could do today, what you will do tomorrow, next week, next month. But one day at a time. Get out there and be the Christian that God has called you to be. Be the, uh, the witness, the testimony. Be uh, the ambassador that God has called you to be. Get out there today. Do something somewhere for someone anywhere that will make a difference and ultimately win souls. And so, Pastor Jeff, as always, it's an absolute honor to be with you today. Thanks for uh, you know, bringing the articles, bringing the information. And we're just talking about it more freely today. You know, you know, normally we're like, well, let's not talk about vaccination. We're going to get kicked off. No, it was time. It is time to speak up, speak out when they themselves are speaking up and speaking out about their own deception. Why wouldn't everybody else get on board and just say, hey, they lied to us. Wow. What else are they lying to us about? God bless you, Pastor Jeff. Appreciate you, man. To, uh, Pastor Vince, love you, man. And it's always a pleasure and an honor to be here with you and to share with the body of Christ. And I just say, lastly, uh, continue to look to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, uh, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Don't look for that one voice, that one, that one person in the natural to deliver us. We have a deliverer. We have a king of kings and lord of lords. His name is Jesus Christ. And that's who we need to look to, to hear from Amen. as we make our decisions. Amen. Amen. Couldn't agree more. Now, real quick, as we begin to go, I want to talk more about this later, but you talked about a new assignment. You're going to be on the airwaves very soon. Just give us a little information about that. Okay. Yeah, we transitioned from, we. Uh, uh, my wife and I, over the last 26, 27 years, we planted a couple of churches in Northern Virginia. Uh, the most recent one was the River Christian Center uh, in Manassas, Virginia, but we uh, God gave us a new assignment. We shared with them. Uh, many of the uh, uh, members are following us on this new journey, uh, at least uh, not physically here where we are, but they're still being a part of the ministry, of the new ministry. It's BASS, that's B-A-S-S, Global Ministries, uh, B-G, you can see BGM, but BASS Global Ministries. The website is www.gobass.com global.org go, go bass, bass global global.org all right yeah. so i'm going to get these both up there for everybody to see so um they are now let me put that up there so it's www.gobassglobal.org Okay, yeah. and so people could go to that website. When and could they start listening to what you're putting out there? Well, we're gonna we're gonna launch. Uh, we'll be back with uh, new material, new teachings, September first. Okay, very good. And so September first. Uh, yeah, September first at seven p.m. Uh, we'll have a broadcast. Myself and uh, Pastor D, my wife. It's called an evening with Jeff and D. And where we come on and, you know, just kind of sit around the table and, and, and share the word and encourage you with the word of God. Uh, this vast global ministry is an online global community of believers, you know, who want to get closer to Christ 
and to go deeper in the word, closer to Christ, Amen. deeper in the word. So there are so, people who, you know, who don't know the Lord. We want to, you know, want them to come and and learn more about Jesus and accept Christ. And those who already know about the Lord but want to go deeper, we want to kind of feed them with the word of the, with the word of God. Amen. Amen. So put it on your calendar. September 1st, Pastor Jeff will be with us several times before then. Uh, so we'll get the information out. But uh, he's being launched. He's transitioned. He's in, in the spot that God has called he and his family to. Uh, their website, www.gobassglobal.org uh, is the website. 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, by the way, uh, September Correct. 1st. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, get out there, check it out, see what's happening, and um, we'll have a lot more information as time goes by. Pastor Jeff, thanks for joining me today. God bless you, my friend. I love you and I look God forward to seeing you, you next week. God bless you. We are on YouTube and Facebook, by the way, also. You know, so oh, good. We can well, go we'll get more too. of that information out. Absolutely. Okay. All right. God bless you, my friend. Shalom. God bless all right, very good. I uh, just want to f- uh, finalize Autumn Nichols writes, when Matthew 24 says, many will come in my name saying I am Christ, is that saying many will claim to be our Savior or literally saying they are Jesus himself? I ask because so many elitists have already claimed to be our Savior. I think it's a number of takes. I, I think uh, the word Christ, Christos, uh, anointed, uh, the anointed one, I think a lot of people are going to come forth saying that they're anointed to say the things of God. And um, that's part of it. I think there are people already in the world saying they are Jesus. There's a guy over in Germany or somewhere that's he's got a huge 140,000 people following him. He's telling everybody he is Jesus. Um, so, it's, you know, the, the Islamic clerics are going to be saying that they are, you know, they're, they're a Christ. They're anointed uh, to speak for Allah. Uh, there's a lot to it. The best thing to do is read the Bible, have uh, an absolute relationship with the Holy Spirit, and look for that witness, that spiritual witness, and be rooted and grounded in love. Be rooted and grounded in the Word of God, and we'll keep ourselves from deception. Pray against it everywhere you go. And uh, there's a lot of it. <clears throat> Could be in ourselves. We've got to make sure that we're all cleaned up, walking in truth and in light. Um, no blind spots. This is what God's after. No more veils. All the veils are coming off of the body of Christ, okay? So very, very good. We'll see you tomorrow. Brian and Kathy will be joining us. Brian and Kathy Gray from Tennessee. We'll look forward to meeting with them. Until we meet again, this is Pastor Vince. You've been listening to The Watchman on a number of our different stations here. Shalom and God bless. Have a great day in the Lord. See you tomorrow.